This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. And we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Is this working? Uh, right. We're here right now with uh, Bethany Blanton. We're uh, getting your first reaction, of course, live. We just had a Pokeball at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I'm quite literally holding my beer. Um, I could make that joke, but... Uh, no, Bethany, let me get your reaction. Detailed um, thoughts so far on that Picard trailer. <laughs> I really liked that Picard trailer. And also, I have to point out, and I think most of the listeners, if you are into Star Trek at all and you watched it, there's a shot in the trailer that shows Picard in front of the Anaheim Convention Center. Wait, really? Yes, yes. They just they uh, took out the names in the trailer, but it's the exact same thing when he's walking up to the building and it's a back shot. I've already seen a bunch of freeze-framed photos for it, and it's hilarious. Nice. The trailer itself, it was heartwarming. It was nostalgic. Oh, we're getting a full... It was, yes. Yeah. So, in case you can't tell, I actually do like Star Trek. Well, it's funny, because that's the way we're late. You weren't expecting that on the introduction to the Star Wars Report's coverage of San Diego Comic-Con 2019. Uh, actually, it was a pretty freaking cool trailer. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Star. Do you like Star Wars? It's all right, you know. I it's I just go to Star Wars. I, I go to conventions and look at Star Wars things. Yes. Well, San Diego. This, so last year was our first year. Um, coming up, by the way, uh, coming up in just a second, we're gonna have a um, uh, we're gonna have a dear friend of the show, Mark von Olin from Tops, and, and we'll talk about a few of these things in more detail as well. But I just want to get your uh, your take on the show this year, uh, your second second year here. Uh, so I do enjoy it. San Diego is a good time. And I was kind of a, a little bit sad because we both missed, well, you missed most of Friday, which is kind of the, the unofficial Star Wars day yeah. at San Diego Comic-Con. And I missed the entirety of the day because I got out of work <laughs> quite late. But um, I, I dr- drove in through the night, pounded back Monster, some coffees, got here <laughs> roll through the convention center and oh it is so fun so far yeah and it's it's there's not a um, super heavy Lucasfilm so last year of course great first year to come especially as a longtime Clone Wars fan because last year was the big announcement in fact you're wearing the shirt that her universe produced last year to celebrate the return of Clone Wars hashtag Clone Wars saved so that was like a big moment. That was the centerpiece kind of Star Wars moment. And there really hasn't been one this year. No, there hasn't. But people have actually talked about that moment. People that we've run into, 
that we know that that Still moment. Still talking about last year, yeah. Yes, that moment's been brought up several times already just because of how much of an impact it had. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, but the the most buzz I've seen generally was been have been from the publishing panels that, again, like you said, were happening yesterday. So I thought I would get your take first on uh, Charles Soule's uh, comic book, which is going to tell the story behind the Knights of Ren. In fact, it's called The Rise of Kylo Ren. Now, I know you're not a big comics person, but I... I wanted to get at least your take on the artwork. So I'm going to hand you my phone here. Let, Bethany's going to literally, this is kind of a first react. I know you've probably seen it briefly on Twitter, but yeah. Bethany, this is a chance to kind of look specifically at what they're making. They're making it kind of a centerpiece uh, of the marketing is the Knights of Ren, who famously were forgotten in the last, other than like a brief mention when Snoke's like, even you master of the Knights of Ren, which we've forgotten are not putting in this movie. Anyway, uh, that's kind of what he says in The Last Jedi, but they seem to be a big part now of the rise of Skywalker. Uh, let's get your take on, on what we're seeing here. So I do really love the artwork style, but can I just talk about the story subject for a minute here? Because I really, really wanted to know the story of the Knights of Ren and more about that period of time in Kylo's life. So you're saying that The Last Jedi was a crushing d- disappointment. No, I love The Last Jedi. You hate The Last Jedi is what I'm hearing. I watched it rather countless times. Um, but, but this is a period where we, I think, will learn so much more about Kylo and some of the things in his background that are driving who he is as a person and why he killed Han Solo and why he wanted Rey to join him and doesn't seem like he's going to get back on a path of good anytime soon. Um, So... Hmm. Well, even then, the idea in The Last Jedi was like when, when Kylo kills Han, the D, quote, split him in two. Like, that's a big... He it instead of fulfilling him fully turning to the dark side, it seems like Snoke's only is criticizing him just basically because he failed to fully commit. Because even though he did the deed, I guess for lack of a better term, his heart wasn't in it? Question mark. Yeah, that's true, and I and I think we'll see a lot more of why he has a darker side to him, and because because we see in the films. We see Leia, we see Han. They, you know, I think a lot of us would love to have had Leia and Han as parents. That that would be super cool as Star Wars fans. However, so, so you wonder where did the influence come? If he had Luke as a teacher and he had Leia and Han as parents and he had Chewie in his life, like, where did things go wrong? Where, where, did, where did he get to the point where he's torn between the light and the dark? Yeah. You mean more than like a 30-second flashback sequence? Uh, yes. <laughs> I sensed Steve. Well, yes. I forget the Luke quote of like, I sensed in him the darkness. And then, so I thought that he's bad. Um, well, what we're seeing here is sort of what I'm going to call a Peter Jackson Hobbit-style design for the Knights of Ren. It's like Biffer and Boffer and Bomber. They like they all have the same look, but all slightly different weapons and character design. So it's sort of like 
one one dude's got like a sickle looking thing another dude's got like a weird hammer sword another guy looks what looks like a a fan of some kind slash a fan shaped battle axe of sorts and then one's one dude way off to the right as the one soul guy wielding the blaster so uncivilized exactly um but i i guess that's the way i would best describe it again I'm interested in the comic because Charles Soule, I know you're not necessarily up on the comics, but let me tell you, Bethany, the most recent Darth Vader volume, I can't remember, I think it's four, maybe five, something like that, has this really detailed sequence of Darth Vader trying to build his castle, slight spoilers, but I'll keep them general, build the his, his fortress on Mustafar, the one we see in Rogue One, and as a part of that, the reason the fortress is built on Mustafar is because it's there's this it's this sort of portal to the next realm of the Force, and there's a lot of stuff to that plot, but it culminates in Darth Vader crossing that portal and seeing a series of Force visions that sort of chronicle the fall of Anakin all the way to where Vader is now, and it really shows the brokenness of Anakin Skywalker. And it really, like this, each comic frame kind of chronicles young Anakin Skywalker from The Phantom Menace all the way through to Darth Vader quoting uh, Kylo Ren's line um, at, in, in The Force Awakens. And so it's, it's, a, it's an interesting, it's, and we talked about it on the podcast a few months ago when this came out, but the reason I go into all that detail, Bethany, is that that is the single greatest moment of Star Wars storytelling that is most closely tied to the mythology of Star Wars that has come out since the Disney era. It's better than anything in the films. Like, I'm a huge fan of this. Um, and, and so I think that that was written by Charles Soule. So I'm actually pretty excited to see his take. I would still, as a visual person and a movie fan, would rather this story be in a TV series or, or film. But the I, fact that we're getting it from Charles Soule gets me excited. Yeah, I, I agree with like how you would want it to be released, but that's just because I'm not so much of a comics fan, which yeah. you know that's more of a to each their own kind of a thing. But since you are excited for this, I'm I'm curious if you think that the Knights of Ren are going to be like more like fanatical, cult-like, half-crazy group of people, um, or if you think that they might be more like I don't know, semi-rational bad guys or worshippers of Snoke, worshippers of Vader. I'm curious as to what you I, think. I would be interested to see if this is going to build, because this is my theory, and I've only talked about it, maybe alluded to it on the podcast before, but my theory when it comes to the Knights of Ren is that they are going to be in Kylo's faction, the First Order's faction, and the Vader lineage where uh, Kylo's literally claiming his grandfather's lineage and says, I'm the rightful heir apparent to the new version of the Empire, to the First Order, and it's me. It's my time, and we are the heirs of the dark side. And then, as I reach for an actual one, uh, Sidious comes in and is like, hold my beer. Snoke was just a pawn and a puppet to keep this alive while I hatch my plan in the background. And that's why I think these, they're literally called them Sith Troopers. I think that there's going to be a civil war. You're here to hear first, folks. There's going to be a civil war within the First Order. And that is going to be the Palpatine faction versus the Kylo Ren faction, which gives Kylo Ren the opportunity to maybe not be fully redeemed, although I think he will be. That's kind of the Star Wars trend. 
but maybe Kylo Ren, it becomes his time to um, be a more sympathetic character as he pits his faction against the ancient evil. Ooh, that would be quite fascinating. Am I thinking about this too much? Probably. I mean, that's that's what that's what podcasts are for, right? Amen. Thank you. I I feel only slightly. Listen, we're amongst nerds. We're in the middle of San Diego Comic Con, so I can get really nerdy. Well, what would it take, Bethany? What would it take me to convince you to just read the Darth Vader comics, just that series, just the Vader series? Uh, bribery. I mean, I will I will send them. I will mail them to you. I will send them. To you. <laughs> okay, that might work. Uh, okay, uh, it's gonna happen. I, I want to make it happen. Um, yeah, it's it's because like the start, I've gotten a lot more into comics more recently, but um, that I guess that brings us to the next piece that we're seeing revealed. I think this was at a panel yesterday. I honestly don't remember. I honestly, but it, they they revealed the um, the cover for the Visual Dictionary of the Rise of Skywalker. Old Skywalker, rise. Um, I just now realized that. Uh, Bethany is now thumbing through and very meticulously looking at it. Couple Janna's key energy bow. Yes. Janna's energy bow looks so cool. Well, and again, that's right out of design from the Clone Wars. Um, uh, but uh, your your big takeaway. I, what's fun, the interesting thing is right front and center is one of the Knights of Ren. Yep. I wonder, is this like? Do you think this is a special dude, or they're just highlighting him? I think they might just be highlighting him. Although that that weapon looks pretty sweet. Yeah. Know. It's like a. Uh, uh, Reaper tools slash slash blade thing. It's like a weird... Yeah, it's like a a combination of a sword and a sickle. It's like a vibro-sickle. Yeah. There's a throwback to the old EU. Ooh, okay. We're we're fighting back and forth with the phone right now. But it's interesting because it's got like these leather string wraps around the handle that kind of denote ancient handmade handmade, mishmashy kind of tech. Which, again, makes sense, because that's kind of like uh, Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Energy crystal, possibly? Because I Hang don't on. know if it's decorative, or if it could be... I don't think it's a... F- I don't think it's a, a kyber crystal. No, but it looks it looks kind of like the energy source that was on some of the weapons of the, 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 the Praetorian Guard. Ew. Oh, yeah. We get a look at the... Uh, a couple things we've already seen. The uh, Sith Trooper helmet. We talked about that on the podcast last week. Um... We get Do. Yeah. What do you think of Do? Uh, funky, kind of funky. You know what? Very old 1980s Battlestar Galactica. Actually, yes, it does remind me of it. It's like a, it's like a security camera on a wheel. Kind of. Um, slash ice cream cone. Uh, then to his left, we see the baby tie, as I've seen it referred to, uh, the tie dagger, which is adorable. I just kind of believe that it's like. Hux's personal ship. Okay, so so like the the Tie Fighter scream that we're all familiar with from the eye. Just pitch it up. Yeah, pitch it up. You know, a couple of things. So it's like. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah, I I think it's it'll be. So we're getting. So at this phase, they're really just showcasing design. In a shocking turn of events, we're not really seeing anything with plot of the movie. In fact, the most we've gotten of plot, which is more than I thought we would, is still that teaser trailer that we got at Celebration with the Palpatine laugh. And that's where we're kind of, that was, I guess, they, it's a little red meat for the feeding frenzy of speculation. 
but um, I don't think we're really going to get anything else until the full trailer, which I'm hoping, fingers crossed, comes out pretty soon, maybe D23. I know that's in a few weeks. Um, but we will, we will stay tuned on it. We will stay tuned on it. Hey, let me um, shift gears real quick um, and talk a little bit about uh, your, uh, your spending problem. Uh, <laughs> My, wow. Gee, thanks, Riley. <laughs> I'm calling you out now. Um, no, actually, right now, as I look at it, you have the Her Universe Ahsoka Tano ring. I do. It's so cool. So I, I'm trying to think how to best describe it. Um, maybe maybe I'll have you do It's like a sterling silver, but enamel that is shaped in the head of uh, it's, Ahsoka. It's Ahsoka's... Um, Le, Le Coup? Le, yeah. Or is that Twi'lek? Does that also apply to Togruta? This is the nerdiest conversation you're, you're making me doubt myself because I thought I, I think they're both species. Email us, starwarsreport at gmail.com. Is it both species? Leku for Togruta and. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, her main head tails, then. <laughs> the, it's like the top points of it. So it's like a, um, a an almost V shaped ring and it wraps around your finger to form the actual Leku, like longer pieces. And then on the inside of the ring, um, it says Ahsoka lives, and it. Oh, I did not see that. Can I see? Yeah, that? yeah. See? Mm-hmm. It's so nice. Um, and this is from her universe, of course. Which is in- has her universe because you're more of a fashion person than I am. Um, done jewelry before? Uh, yes, they've done some jewelry. They've done more like. Do you remember the hair accessories? Uh, uh, okay. No. That, that clueless look. Okay. <laughs> When are you going to get somebody on I'm to sorry, do I'm not, I was not up on the Her Universe hair accessories now. Uh, <laughs> you, you hurt me. <laughs> I failed as a fangirl. So, so when are you doing Star Wars in fashion? I know. Actually, that's coming up uh, uh, next week on... Actually, no, later on the episode. Because I just realized she's actually doing a segment. Christy will be doing a Fashion of Five for this episode, talking about some of the fashion here at San Diego. Yay, maybe I'll start listening again. Thanks, <laughs> Wow, wow. <laughs> I, I such mean, one well, s- while you're calling out my spending habits, I gotta jump back. <laughs> that's fair. Well, I'd say, yeah, no, that's fair. That's, yeah. that's absolutely um, I also got their 1977 shirt. I'm gonna pull it up and show it to you. Okay. Yeah, because I saw this one, um, and it's one of a, 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 I would say, growing number of unisex offerings that uh, her universe has done, especially with the our universe brand that they're doing. Okay, this looks nice. So I could, I could describe this as a nearly Thor Ragnarok color schemed colored striped t-shirts with the 1977 logo. Um, which again, cool, subtle. You only get it if you know the release date. Um, my favorite kind of Star Wars t-shirt. But it's also a little bit retro looking. Like Thor Ragnarok is more futuristic and yep. more like rainbowy type colors. It has the same like color idea, but they're more um, yeah. retro looking. So, because the t-shirt itself is like a really, really light tan and it has the colors splashed across the front diagonally. It's Just go look at a picture, it's really cool. And the other place you stopped was Heroes versus Villains? Heroes and Villains booth? Heroes and Villains booth, yes. And purchased? I got their um, tan, their light tan uh, purse. It's a slightly oversized purse, but it's not a bag. And um, it has short handles, but you can carry it like as a handbag, but you can also carry it um, with a crossbody strap that it comes with. And it has a metallic uh, Jedi 
metal logo on the front of it as well. So it's, it's fairly subtle overall. Um, and it's really nice looking. Okay. Well, I, uh, I, I actually really like the design. Um, and they actually had some pretty cool backpacks and t-shirts and stuff too. Uh, I guess one thing I'll highlight that I saw on the floor that jumped out to me was uh, a series of art. Actually, I grabbed this card because I was so impressed by it. But it's a series of Star Wars-themed art pieces that were basically a Star Wars version of a classic uh, historical painting. So, like, the, the flagship one is probably this um, Darth Vader on, like, an Imperial troop transport with a bunch of stormtroopers, and they're all in the exact same pose as the George Washington crosses the Delaware painting, the famous painting. Um, and then, But there's a couple others. There's, like, a, uh, uh, there's like a Vietnam-themed uh, uh, Rebel Alliance one. They're, they're really cool. And I grabbed his card, so I'll give him a shout-out. Um, it, it's Albert Nugent. Um, and... Uh, you can actually have, he has actually has a, a Instagram Albert Nugent art, but it was really cool. Like it just really jumped out to me, bruising, uh, bruising, uh, cruising, browsing slash cruising uh, around the uh, con floor. So I guess that's that's really the floor. We we still we're gonna go down and see some of the more of the licensees. Oh, I almost forgot. Of course, I think we'll round out the podcast, um, the segment of the podcast by talking about the Lucasfilm Pavilion. Uh, each year at San Diego, they, Lucasfilm kind of corrals all of the licensees in one place and has like one miniature exhibit floor within the exhibit floor, which is always really cool. Um, but uh, you can see that uh, the sort of centerpiece this time is this uh, kind of history of the trooper design. And they highlight a bunch of various... Um, stormtroopers and trooper designs throughout the entire saga uh, and actually have a really cool video running in the background that kind of is Dave Filoni and J.J. Uh, Abrams talking about it and of course their new the, the new thing, the new hotness is the Sith Trooper and they actually have a full size Sith Trooper replica there uh, Bethany, thoughts on the uh, Lucas Pavilion and the, the trooper design? It's very handy to have all of the stuff that you love in one place and very terribly tempting <laughs> because I wasn't really planning on buying anything mm-hmm. and then I bought yeah. several things <laughs> that's fair no um, but it, it's it's a really nice design a really nice setup I I do much prefer it to have all of those things in the same place and just spend a lot of time there than at other conventions where I'm trying to hit the different Star Wars booths and it's this weird like, I'm sure if you were tracking me on the, a map, it would be this weird zigzag pattern of trying to get fight through the crowds to get from the Her Universe booth to the Delray booth to yeah. to, the, to the Lego booth, which isn't inside the pavilion, but mm-hmm. it's it's really nice to have all of the booths in the same place. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, and I, I almost forgot to mention, kind of jumping back in time... That the one other final thing uh, that I right, went right literally, I got here about 15 minutes before the panel started, but um, we're doing some uh, work with the guys over at the Legal Geeks, and they had a Judges on Clone Wars panel, which was awesome. I mean, they always do a great job, and I was there doing photography for it. Uh, Josh Gilliland is the um, was the host of the panel, and they had on a bunch of various legal experts, actual judges, talking about various types of case law, but as it might apply to the Clone Wars. So for example, like Ahsoka banding together with the younglings, is that child endangerment? 
uh, like is that well, let's see could Yon, uh, could um, I almost called him Yondu <laughs> could Hondo oh my god could Hondo be um, tried for piracy could uh, there's like a lot of various examples there I'm trying to think of it. there's so many I think they I saw Josh record it it'll be up on the Legal Geeks podcast feed so definitely check that out um, that was a lot of fun um, and of course it's the same same group of folks that uh, did the uh, mock trial of Poe Dameron last year, and that was an absolute blast. But uh, that was that was my Friday night. Of course, this is Saturday. We've got not a lot left on this. This is kind of our one full day here. Um, trying to think. There's a we went we went to the Steve Sansweet panel. A little bit about the history of um, his time as the Lucasfilm fan relations head, and um, uh, but not really a lot else. Star Wars this year. It's not. I think really that they're. Lucasfilm might be holding some stuff close to their chest as they get closer to D23. Pronouncements maybe related to Mandalorian and some of the other stuff as we get actual more trailers and updates like that. So, But it's, as always, there's a pretty strong Star Wars presence. Um, and speaking of Star Wars, uh, one of our uh, best peeps uh, over the years, the awesome Mark Von Olin from Tops. Uh, I was just earlier today talking to him, so I want to throw to him. Uh, we are talking all about some of the latest updates, some of the design uh, for this Rise of Skywalker stuff and of course what Tops has been up to here at the convention. So without further ado, I'll toss it to uh, to Mark. The story comes alive Alright, let's see if it's working. Alright, yep, it's good. We're on the floor at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Literally on the floor like uh, within the first five minutes we run into this guy. It's Mark from Tops. How's it going, man? I'm doing great. How are you, Riley? I am uh, fantastic, as always. It's good to be back in San Diego. Second year here for me, but you're just, we're just talking fifth year for you guys. That's right. And, you know, Tops has been at the show for years and years. Mm. This is our fifth year coming with Star Wars as part of, like, their big pavilion. Yeah. Um, it's huge. We're in booth 2913, but you'll notice at our intersection, we actually cross at, like, 3200 because the booth is the size of a city. So it's crazy over here. Every licensee is here. Um, we've got our Star Wars autograph cards um, product. We've got Star Wars autograph photos for sale. We've got giveaways, all sorts of fun stuff. Nice. So what's been your, because I just literally got to the convention, so you're going to kind of be my guide because this is my one full day here. Uh, as a Star Wars fan, what's what's can't miss? What should we be hitting up? Well, the big reveal is the Sith Trooper. Yes. So the big red Sith Trooper, Storm Trooper, is on display just a few feet down from us, actually. I think that's where I'm going next, yeah. Yeah, stop there first. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than me, obviously. <laughs> Come to the top booth first and then go check out the costume display because they've got all of the different stormtroopers up there so you can see like the death trooper the standard stormtrooper all the different iterations that they've done they've got a scarif trooper and the red one is like dead center can't miss him um, and there's actually a little video package where JJ talks about what Whoa. the Sith trooper is all about because right now he just looks like a red trooper um, has that been online I haven't seen it yet you know it's it's playing on the reel up there so uh, I don't know how it, you know how JJ is though he says a lot without telling you anything so um, yeah watch the little video um, and then, yeah, every licensee has a red Sith Trooper giveaway or reveal. Like, there's a Lego version that they've got, like, full scale that you can take a picture with um, that's a few feet away. And we're doing... I was going to say, what are you guys doing? We've got an 8x10 photo, um, official photo, of the red Sith Trooper only available here at San Diego Comic-Con. And you'll get it with any Star Wars Authentics purchase. And we're selling autographs here at the show at highly discounted prices. So okay. not only do you get the discount, you also get the red, the red Sith Trooper photo only available here. Nice. 
yeah, it's that was like the big um, the big reveal because there's usually something that's the big push, and it's I think it's also kind of a look at the design because that came around the same time that now we're also seeing some official product reveal with the uh, the Knights of Ren, and it's so we're getting a lot more. Well, a little more interesting design when it comes to the bad guys. Like, so far, the First Order's been pretty, I mean, derivative, certainly, of the Empire, but we're seeing a lot more kind of cool and unique designs. And there's still a lot more to learn. I mean, they just posted the official cover artwork for the Visual Dictionary, and they revealed some weird images on the front cover that people didn't know about. Actually, the Knight of Ren is the main image. That's what I saw. I just literally saw this morning. Yeah, uh, news to me as well. I mean, I've seen that picture. As a licensee, we have a lot of this imagery, and we're putting it into upcoming trading cards and stuff. But to see it publicly, like, on a page, and the fact that they called Jenna's energy bow an energy bow, like, that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so that's also new to me. Jenna, it's Jenna. Oh, um, no, that's okay. Yeah, Jenna's energy bow. That's going to be the pull quote of like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, that was revealed on the cover. So um, okay. there's some really cool stuff on there that now I want you to, it's like, wait, what's an energy bow? How is it different than Chewbacca's bowcaster? Mm. Like, did she design this weapon herself? I have a thousand questions. It reminds me because I, I haven't, I, I, that part didn't, I only just like saw the image on Twitter this morning. Um, but it reminds me, you telling me about it, of the uh, the Clone Wars episodes where they had like energy bows, the Night Sisters. Yes. Is it, is it kind of similar? You know, I I wouldn't put it past them because Filoni as a storyteller has given us like so many great pieces to the saga uh, that then ends up in the movies in some form because I really do think that Dave Filoni is like the, the the heir to the throne in terms of like the storytelling from Lucas. So if he's building things in Clone Wars and Rebels, you'll find a lot of those themes popping up in the movies. And yeah. so it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if that's a direct like lift or whatever, but the, the story group treats the movies and yeah. the animated series as equally important and they're all canonical. So it wouldn't surprise me to see something like that kind of weapon go from like a cartoon into the live action. It's not a big leap, honestly. Well, and that's one thing I love about what Filoni's brought to the universe is that sort of beginning design foreground that's now bleeding its way into the live action films. And even like as uh, the, the centerpiece seeing the Knights of Ren up front, it's almost sort of like, and again, going back to Dave Filoni, big fan of Lord of the Rings and that kind of design, where it reminded me almost if you like mission the Tuscan Raiders with like um, one of the the Nazgul like uh, lords, dark lords with like the black robes, but the sort of very primitive weapons design. But it looks it's really cool, and I think actually I'm glad to see it's not just more of the same that we're really highlighting some of the background characters and design and stuff like that because I think that's where there's been um, a lot of room to grow is that next progression of iterative design because I think especially with Force Awakens not so much with Last Jedi but especially Force Awakens we had very derivative design and it seems like with Rise of Skywalker we're getting to see like a lot more branching out and some new things. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker looks really interesting for a variety of reasons. Not just that like we're closing out this insane nine movie, 42 year old story, but yeah, the character designs look super neat. And anyone who had preconceived notions as to what the Knights of Ren are, um, I don't think anyone's right. As I've been reading things on Reddit and looking at you know what the fans are saying, uh, the character designs make me think they are a lot more organic than sort of like Stormtrooper created. Like Stormtroopers are created top down, very military industrial complex, right? And the Knights of Ren feel very organic, like we built this ourselves, almost like a cosplayer. Yes. So that's what it seems like. I don't know what their backstory is yet. I guess we'll find out in the film. But yeah, the designs are really neat. And even the Sith Trooper, which 
is and so, someone was like it's just a red trooper I was like well there's some like ridging on it and there's a story for this yes like there's there's more than meets the eye it, it brings in it this hard if it was just a red trooper well and it reminds me so much and this is like this is what we do as Star Wars fans we geek out and theorize but yeah. like this this is what I love doing and it, if you think about it that design of this this new Sith trooper is very derivative of the um, in the last Jedi of the Praetorian Guards yeah. only just sort of the trooper version which makes you pause and think we have Palpatine you know the laugh at the end of the trailer um, the it's and again the royal guard of that same red design is there that a sort of deeper Sith presence buried within like a sleeper cell of sorts right. within the first order that might come out to support whatever the next version of Palpatine is and that's kind of the stuff that like I nerd out about oh yeah I mean that laugh opened up a thousand questions mm-hmm. right so and we were you know at celebration is when the trailer dropped mm-hmm. and Ian McDermott um, had to pop on over to that panel um, which we knew about a couple days before because it was gonna be like a ah. wild surprise we had to like work around his autographing and mm-hmm. uh, photo op schedule to get him out to that panel <laughs> early and then get him back to yeah. then do his like regular day of work um, but we he originally wasn't on the list of like episode 9 PR people for that panel obviously Um, but it was a big surprise and from there I mean the speculation has been really interesting it's like is that the Death Star are we on Endor are the Sith coming back like is he a ghost like there's so did he survive like there's so many questions and I'll tell you even as a licensee we don't know the answer to most of them Um, and we're storytelling licensee like we have trading cards that are going to come out on day and date with the film on 1220 Um, I don't know what his character will look like yet but we'll know eventually and we'll get out the right content once were permitted. Yes. There's just a lot of secrecy around this movie, as you can imagine. I I, I can guess. So uh, it, as uh, as fans and as the podcast uh, listeners, and you want to keep up with uh, what Tops is up to, especially with all of this Rise of Skywalker stuff, which I know you guys, especially over the coming months as we get close to the movie, you'll have a lot coming out. Uh, what's the best way to keep track of the, those incoming releases? So follow at Tops, T-O-P-P-S, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. That's where you can see all of our latest news. You can also go to StarWarsAuthentics.com, which is our website for all the autographed photos and official photos. You can also tweet at me. I'm at Darth Von Olin. Ask me any questions. I'm here at the booth throughout the rest of the weekend. So if you're physically in San Diego, booth 2913-B. Uh, but those are all of our social channels. And you can even send an email to like customer service on the tops.com site or at Star Wars Authentics if you have any specific questions. Yeah. We've got a lot of stuff coming. Yeah, and you guys are super active on Twitter, so I love to like see the releases as they come out there. So that's the best way to keep track of it. Make it easy. We'll have links to all that for the show notes for this podcast episode. Um, and then, yeah, Star Wars Authentic. So you, got, you guys have some Rise of Skywalker stuff coming? Yes. So October 4th, which is Triple Force Friday, we will have some new official photos from Rise of Skywalker and some from The Mandalorian. And oh, I know. Okay. I, and those will actually, we'll also have episode drops once the show goes live. The show doesn't come out until November, but you'll get weekly episode images, kind of like what we did with Resistance. Oh, like I like week, that. You got like a weekly new batch of, you know, once the episode airs, we can actually put the images up there. So I like that. Yeah, yeah. that'll well, be fun. Well, that makes it fun to kind of follow along week to week too on social media it gives us some news to push out to everyone's like hey new episodes this new episode this week new images that go with it yeah um and we'll get some new signers like we've already we've got a couple signings coming up that we can't talk about from those properties Ah. coming later in the year we did reveal some new signers at the booth for product coming later this year not from mandalorian or rise of skywalker but uh alden aaron rake kelly marie tran um uh, ewan mcgregor uh and then uh returning favorites like Harrison Ford and Hayden Christensen they're all going to be in like uh, Star Wars uh, stellar signatures and masterwork coming later this year oh that's awesome that's awesome awesome well Mark thanks so much for coming on the Star Wars Yeah. Yeah. thank you for having me you guys have a fantastic show oh we will we will you're listening to the Star Wars Report never tell me the odds 
Hey there, this is Christy Morris, your correspondent with your monthly Fashion in Five, where every month I'll give you the rundown on what's new with men's and women's Star Wars fashion. And wow, do we have a lot to cover in this five-minute episode update uh, from San Diego Comic-Con. So actually, the sixth annual Her Universe Fashion Show was just held on July 18th. And as I'm recording this, today is July 21st. Um, And the show had 24 designs walk the runway with two winners walking away victorious. And that was the judges winner, Adria Renee, for her Jurassic Park themed white slip dress. It was a beautiful silk spaghetti strap dress um, in white and around the center had different um, dinosaur appliques and then also even had an accompanying bag and wrap scarf that went over the shoulders and the scarf said when dinosaurs walked the earth which I thought was really cool Um, so she was the judges winner and then the audience winner was Sarah Hamby for her Loki and Cardi B mashup jumpsuit which even had a matching hat cape and the model was carrying a tesseract so that was really cool Um, And then the theme of this year's fashion show was the power of fashion, which was inspired by the show's sponsor, DreamWorks, one of the sponsors, and the show She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. So her universe founder, Ashley Eckstein, actually came down the runway as well, wearing a red gown and jacket inspired by the show, and then suddenly dramatically revealed underneath a white and gold dress that was themed after the main character of She-Ra. So that was interesting, and she got to do another reveal, sort of like she did with the Cinderella dress in years past. Uh, the show also unveiled some new collections coming out from her universe. Uh, they had the Powerpuff Girls collection announced, as well as the Star Wars Vacation collection. And that collection it was available online, as well as at the San Diego Comic-Con booth for her universe. And included designs similar to the Han Solo movie collection that had that 70s vibe, as well as including pieces like a swimsuit cover-up for women, an Our Universe vacation button-up shirt, and a striped maxi dress, among others. And of course, a lot of these things also come in plus sizes, which is one of the great things that her universe does, uh, in addition to partnering with Torrid and Hot Topic. So make sure you look for those designs online, like I said, at the Her Universe website, but also with Torrid, Hot Topic, and Box Lunch. And in addition to all of the Her Universe news, also revealed at San Diego Comic-Con was the new Star Wars collection of jewelry made by Rock Love Jewelry. And the best part of that was, to me, the Ahsoka Tano ring, which featured the blue and white stripes and points like Ahsoka's Leku. And so, like I said, that's a ring that um, the other color is silver. And you can find on the Rock Love Jewelry website. They also came out with necklaces such as the Gonk Droid and AT-AT necklace. And they had Jawa earrings with a matching necklace for that too. So I know everyone's going to want to get in on those. Uh, the earrings, I think, were like $75. And the necklaces were about $135. Just to give you an idea of what to expect on that. Uh, and then my little highlight of this month that I thought you might want to know about, especially if you're new to the Star Wars fashion and 
housewares kind of things would be that that's actually an area that Star Wars is continuing to expand, especially in the more mainstream department stores, is Star Wars around your house. So actually, I found a lot of great things that they're even selling at Hot Topic and Box Lunch online. Um, For example, bedding, so sheets and comforters. They have bath towels and shower curtains, which you could get before, but they've got new designs. Um, And it's especially cool for sports fans. They now have stadium cushions as well as uh, foldable chairs that are Star Wars themed. So like I said, you can find those at Box Lunch and Hot Topic online. I don't believe they're available physically in the stores. So that is it for your July 2019 Star Wars Fashion in 5. And may the force be with you. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Thanks, as always, to Mark uh, for jumping on. And, uh, man, San Diego, it's, it's always a fun time. It's always a, a good time. It's it's still, like, new-ish, fresh, kind of different. It's not as Star Wars heavy, which kind of means our convention is a little more relaxed. There's not as much to actually uh, go crazy over. But it actually has been a really good time. And, uh, Bethany, of course, thanks uh, for jumping on the podcast this week uh, where can people find you especially like some of the awesome pictures i've been seeing you take uh, throughout the weekend so i am on instagram and twitter as at bethany l blanton uh, so you can find me there I'm also on facebook and i will see you all in the interwebs yes yes and uh yeah stay in touch with the star wars report um bethany and i we've been posting stuff all weekend you can see a bunch of pictures and recaps and live tweets from everything we've been up to at star wars report on twitter facebook.com slash Star Wars Report and of course to everyone supporting the show directly via Patreon thank you so much Uh, it makes a huge difference uh, and keeps the show alive if you'd like to join us and support the show directly and uh, we have some really cool bonuses including a Facebook chat and including uh, our special weekly Rogue Transmissions podcast you can check all of that out at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report and then even if you enjoy the show you can't support Patreon or something um, that's totally cool Uh, Just share the show with a friend. Just share the show with a Star Wars fan that you know. And uh, a great way to do that is via iTunes. Leave us an iTunes review. StarWarsReport.com slash iTunes. Um, Or if you're using the Apple Podcast app, you can just do it right there in your app. Super, super easy to do. And we do appreciate you listening to the Star Wars Report podcast. We'll be back next week talking to... Well, the guys over at the Wampus Lair podcast. They just had a trip out to California in Rancho Obi-Wan and actually did their own journey to Endor. We're going to have a fun time talking about that next week. A lot more cool stuff coming from the Star Wars Report throughout the summer. So stay tuned right here at the Star Wars Report podcast. Until next time, may the Force be with you, and remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast.